Hey everyone, welcome to Talk of the Town. This is a podcast where we talk about all things media, creators, business, and more. My name is Tristan. I am the host of the podcast. If you guys are brand new to the podcast, thank you for tuning in. And if you're returning from previous episodes of the podcast, thank you so much for stopping by and listening to a new episode of the podcast. Really means a lot to myself and everyone working on the podcast. Today, guys, we got a really jam-packed episode. There is a lot to talk about that is happening in the world of creators, business, and the entertainment industry by large. And some interesting news starting off today, you know, many of you guys know, uh, if you listen to the podcast and follow me on, on social media personally, that I'm a big fan of shows that used to be on the CW or shows that have currently been on the CW. And some interesting news has come out this week as the CW is changing its programming strategy, getting ready for the fall season. And the news has come out earlier today that the Winchesters and Kung Fu, which have been on the CW for a decent amount of time, you know, the Winchesters just had its first season, Kung Fu uh, having its third season, have both been canceled at CW, uh, which is really unfortunate, you know, and I first want to say to Anyone that has worked on this show, whether you are a writer, producer, a costume designer, anybody uh, that has you know been part of the process of creating these shows, I feel for you. You know it really sucks having shows canceled, um, especially when it's you know such a, a really great series. I mean, both of these were really great in their own ways. Um, on top of that. It has been reported by Deadline, though, that um, Warner Brothers Television, which produces both uh, the Winchesters and Kung Fu, is preparing to look for a new home and being very aggressive in finding a place for the Winchesters, which I think is really great. Um, this is the prequel to you know Supernatural. So I think it's really great that Warner Brothers Television is trying to keep the Supernatural universe alive a little bit more. Um, on top of that, I do see this show going to HBO Max or a Netflix uh, because this has been a really well-performing show for HBO Max, especially in the United States. And also on top of that, um, with you know Netflix, that is currently where Supernatural is still being uh, parked for right now. So I think there is you know quite a lot of uh, interesting developments to happen on that front. Um, you know, again, deadline saying that most likely Jensen Ackles will mobilize supernatural fans into say the show campaign, which I think probably will work out. And, uh, on top of that, we're also getting the news as, as well, um, that, you know, there's even more, you know, programming changing happening at the CW. Uh, we've seen, you know, over the last couple of days that Walker independence got canceled, which I'm a really big fan of Walker independence. Uh, I love Catherine McNamara and all the people that were part of the, the series. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, Jared Padalecki and the producers of that uh, series do find a place. Um, but we've also heard that some new series are going to be imported for the CW for both the summer and the fall lineup, which uh, I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, because this is going to be the new programming strategy Moving forward for the CW is these low-cost 
imported or, you know originals from places like Canada, the UK, Australia, things of, of that nature. Uh, we got the news yesterday that Canadian family comedy Run the Burbs, uh, as well as the dramedy Moonshine, are going to be uh, coming to the CW for a summer debut. And then we've also got the news that comedy series Bump and uh, legal drama Family Law are going to be returning for their second seasons. Uh, we've also got the news that uh, the you know, four-part docuseries Greatest Geek Year Ever 1982 will be coming to the CW as well as other shows like Recipe for Disaster and also uh, Down to Earth with uh, Zac Efron, which I believe was a Netflix original or something of that nature. Um, So really interesting to see from that end. And then also as well, uh, the CW has bought the um, Canadian series, The Spencer Sisters, uh, which is really interesting. Um, This is one produced by E1. So it is... Really intriguing to see how this goes and everything. You know, there are still a couple shows left on the bubble for the CW currently, uh, namely All American Homecoming, Gotham Knights, and Superman and Lewis. And a lot of people are saying that either Superman and Lewis is going to get picked up, um, as well as All American Homecoming. But there's also the likelihood that Superman and Lewis does get canceled at the CW. Uh, which is really, I think, would be shocking, but that's because uh, Gotham Knights is apparently the least expensive DC show that CW has ever produced, which I still think is one of the most amazing series to come out of the last year or so. Um, So only time will tell. There's still a lot more to be figured out and everything, so we will definitely keep you guys posted on that front. All right, guys. Now, getting into our second topic... This has to do a little bit around Disney, and there was some information that came out as part of the Disney earnings call yesterday that really I think we had been expecting to hear more information about. Many people know that there is a relationship with Disney and Hulu and Comcast, uh, that being that Disney owns you know a majority stake of um, Hulu and that Comcast could buy you know, a portion of Hulu back from Disney or vice versa. Well, Bob Iger has basically said that cordial and constructive discussions have started with Comcast about Disney acquiring its one-third stake in the streaming service. And I think that it's really intriguing that he has said that, you know, the deadline is less than a year away for a, um option on Comcast stake, which has been set at a minimum of a low $9 billion. Um, and I think it'd be very intriguing. You know, Bob Iger said that it would be wise for them to uh, pair, you know, general entertainment content from Hulu, which has, you know, FX and Freeform and tons of other places with Disney plus fare from, you know, their brands like Marvel and Pixel or Pixar, sorry. Um, but on top of that, they also do plan to combine Hulu and Disney Plus together sometime later this year. Um, and I think that this is very intriguing. Uh, this has actually kind of been thought of, you know, and, you know, we saw a little bit of a test of this with um, what Bob Chapek, the former CEO of Disney, tried to do with creating Star, which was launched you know, outside of the United States and really had the same content that we'd see on Hulu in the United States. 
so I think it's really interesting. And, you know, Bob Iger specifically said it, it is, quote, a clear combination of the content that's on Disney Plus with general entertainment is a very strong combination from a subscriber perspective, from a customer acquisition and retention perspective, and from an advertiser perspective, end quote. So I think that it will be very interesting uh, to see what happens. You know, Bob Iger is being very coy and uh, very strategic with his wordings as well. But I think, you know, this is something that makes a lot of sense. I've been talking to a lot of people in and around Hollywood about this, and they've all been kind of saying the same thing, that they did expect Disney to outright buy Hulu back from Comcast and you know, completely run it. So it is very intriguing to see what happens on that front. All right. Now, moving into our third topic, we need to talk about some really interesting news happening with our friends over at Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, as many of you guys know, Warner Brothers Discovery has been on a really uh, tumultuous lifespan since its merger last year between Warner Media and Discovery. Uh, and apparently... A lot of stockholders have now started to express displeasure with David Zaslav, uh, specifically around his executive compensation. Uh, essentially, there was a say on pay vote that saw nearly all of the votes coming out against last year's compensation, which was ratified with just over 50% approval. Now, it's important to keep in mind uh, that basically, you know, these types of votes are advisory um but you know when it comes to wall street and you know how people look at ceos these do have an impact most public companies get over 90 percent approval and anything under 70 is according to places like deadline and um, the hollywood reporter pretty dismal um on top of that um basically to kind of put into perspective uh david zaslav's total compensation Last year was around $39.3 million, and in 2021, uh, between uh, options and you know stocks and salary, was a whopping $246 million. Um, and, I mean, it is a, a really big, important thing. Uh, I believe he was one of the most paid CEOs in 2021 and 2022. Um, by far, especially in the entertainment industry and just in the American business world to begin with, uh, getting even paid more than people like Tim Cook, who is the CEO of Apple. Um, so it's really intriguing, you know, to, to say the least. Um, and so I think it'll be very intriguing to see what happens from here. Um, but I think also, you know, it is a, a really big indicator of how people are viewing Warner Brothers Discovery, um, you know, over the last year in the fact that we've seen content getting cut, um, you know, the rebranding of HBO Max to now just Max, which I think is one of the dumbest rebranding decisions of the entire um, entertainment industry, if not, you know, business in large. Um, but I am intrigued to see what does happen, you know, for the future of Warner Brothers Discovery. I'm a big believer in the company, uh, though I do not hold any stock in it either. So 
Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but let me know what you guys think about this on social media or, you know, in polls and, and everything like that. All right, guys. Now, with that being said, let's move into our fourth topic. And this is one that also did come out today. A really intriguing uh, piece of information, but it wasn't ex- unexpected. Uh, that being that Elon Musk has announced he is stepping down as the CEO of Twitter. Um, he revealed this on social media earlier today uh, on May 11th, basically saying that he has hired a new CEO for Twitter slash X, which is the uh, sort of overall uh, corporation that now runs Twitter, uh, basically saying that this unnamed individual will be starting in six weeks and that Elon will be uh, transitioning to being executive chair and chief technology officer, seeing uh, product software and system ops, which I think is a really smart thing um, because, you know, I mean, if you remember, you know, a couple months back, he did ask people on social media if he thought that, you know, he should step down. More than 57% of people at the time voted yes. And I, I think also this is a really important thing because what it allows Elon to sort of do, um, you know, obviously while being, you know, executive chairman and, and chief technology officer is go back to focusing on Tesla, the boring company and some other projects that he is doing um, because, you know, I think it's ultimately important that, you know, Twitter um, has someone that can manage itself without any sort of distractions and the same thing with Elon because of all the different things that he does uh, throughout his day-to-day, you know, business world and, and things of that nature. So I think that this is a very positive thing for Twitter. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we're still in this world where Twitter is going to become part of a bigger super app called X. Uh, so I think it'll be very intriguing to see what happens on that front. Uh, so certainly, you know, we'll keep an eye on that and really talk about that, uh, as time progresses, uh, some other news also with Elon and it has to sort of do with, you know, uh, Twitter is that they are going to be allowing, uh, calls and encrypted messages. Uh, and he said that the first version of encrypted messages will launch, uh, this coming Wednesday. So I believe that is, um, you know, the, 10th of May, or, or not the 10th of May, sorry, the 17th of, of May, my apologies. Um, so I think it will be very intriguing, um, you know, and, and I think that this is just even a really smarter um, approach by Elon to doing this type of thing. Um, so ultimately, I'd love to see what you guys think about this. You know, are you guys excited to see Elon kind of stepping back a little bit? Uh, and, you know, going and, you know, focusing on his other endeavors and, um, you know, some of these new changes that we're seeing to Twitter. Let me know what you guys think about that on social media as well. All right, guys. Now, moving into our next piece of business news and, you know, our fifth topic for this episode. Uh, this information came out recently that Jelly Smack, which is the, the well-known uh, creator startup, has made a multi-million dollar investment into the e-commerce creator platform, Fourth Wall, which, just for disclosure, 
Uh, I know Percy, the uh, co-founders of Fourth Wall. Um, one of them is actually a future guest for the podcast coming up in the next couple of weeks. And also, uh, Talk to the Town has our merch with Fourth Wall. Um, basically, it is an all-in-one platform where creators can design homepages, digital shops, and things like that. You know, there are a lot of big-name people uh, in the creator space that use it. Uh, and I think it's very intriguing to see this, right? You know, for those that don't know what Jelly Smack is, is a place where a lot of creators like Mr. Beast, uh, Brad Mondo, Call Me Chris, and, and so forth, uh, basically reoptimize and distribute their videos across Snapchat and Facebook and all sorts of other places. Um, so basically, this is a really intriguing uh, thing, but they believe that this will bring new business opportunities for e-commerce and memberships directly to Jelly Smacks raw serve creators, uh, while also benefiting you know Fourth Wall at the same time. So I think it's very uh, intriguing you know aspect to things, and I am really excited to see uh, what this partnership does for these two companies. You know, I'm a big fan of Jelly Smack. You know, obviously as I mentioned. A uh, big user for Fourth Wall. I have multiple shops actually with them. Both my uh, content organization is with them. Uh, my personal store is with them. And even, again, Talk of the Town, you know, we have our merch with them. So really excited to see this news. Thought I mentioned that uh, because it popped up and was uh, sent to me as well. So with that being said, guys, we have one more thing that I want to talk about for this particular piece of uh the podcast and that is having to do with our friends over uh at shopify because there's some news that flexport is buying a uh, part of shopify called deliver uh, essentially what deliver is is that they use machine learning to help businesses ship products quicker and cheaper um and so it is believed uh, that basically, you know, Flexport is buying this company from, you know, Shopify to do a lot of interesting things. I, I think, you know, primarily, um, you know, with, with, you know, selling this business, which, you know, Shopify bought last year for a whopping $2.1 billion. And, you know, again, that's billion with a B. Um, I think it's quite interesting to see that. Um, you know, as many of you guys probably know that, um, you know, Shopify had this really big, um, you know, attempt that they wanted to do to create a logistics machine to compete with Amazon. Uh, and they basically kind of failed in doing that. And so this is sort of understandable, uh, that they are doing, you know, this massive sell off and, uh, cutting staff and, and things like that. They said that about 20% of the workforce will be cut from this. Um, and so it'll be very intriguing to see uh, what happens. You know, Shopify is set to get, you know, 13% um, in Flexport uh, as well. So, you know, it is uh, really intriguing. And on top of that, Flexport will become also the official logistics partner for Shopify uh, and acquire Shopify's warehouses at the same time. So, let me know what you guys think about this on social media. Are you guys someone that uses Shopify? Um, or are you guys, you know, just really intrigued by this kind of news? So let me know what you guys think on social media. 
And with that being said, guys, this is the end of the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, there are multiple different ways that you guys can do that. First off, we have sponsors in the show notes that you guys can use the links to get different you know, services from. Uh, and, and I really love the companies that we promote through the podcast. On top of that, we have a newsletter through Beehive, which you guys can subscribe to for free and get up-to-date stuff about the podcast and especially recaps of what we talked about on the audio version of the podcast and some other business and entertainment news. Uh, And also, on top of that, if you want to support the podcast on social media, all the links are in the show notes down below. really means a lot to myself and everyone on the podcast. If you support the podcast in any of the ways I just mentioned, And, you know, from there, I hope you guys do enjoy the rest of your day, night, wherever you may be when you're listening to this. And with that being said, we will see all of you in the next one.